the icons of real estate podcast. Are you ready to learn the proven money-making secrets from top producing icon agents? Ready to skyrocket your business? This podcast is for you. Tune in every week and find out how to implement proven strategies to 10 times your business from $3 million to $30 million in just 12 months. Brought to you by the Masters in Real Estate Marketing, Arter SEO. Welcome to the Icons of Real Estate. I'm Tim Calloway. We have a very special guest for you today, Jordan Fisher. Jordan's the principal of Next Wave Investors, where he helps investors actually position themselves in multifamily properties. Uh, how are you, Jordan? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Yeah, exciting stuff. Um, always, always like having the, uh, you know, the, the investor side on. That's my background, as a matter of fact. So mm -hmm. I used to package uh, REITs uh, at, oh, yeah? at Bear Stearns. Yeah, starting back way back in 92. Mm -hmm. Starting to show my wow. age a little bit there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, why don't you go ahead and start by telling us, uh, you know, how you got started and your background and so on and so forth. Yeah, so, um, you know, I didn't start off in the real estate industry, um, you know, out of college I went to uh, I went to West Point for for university and so went straight into uh, army served as an army officer in the, the late 90s and uh, <clears throat> when I when I got out of the the service um, you know I was a little bit broke and um, you know and, and at the academy you really don't spend a whole lot of time thinking about civilian careers you know I, I studied physics and electrical engineering and you know by the time I got off active duty you know I'd pretty much forgotten all of it. So, um, you know, from there, I, I took a, a position at Deloitte Consulting and pretty much, uh, you know, taught myself how to do uh, some software development um, and eventually started my own software consulting firm. Um, you know, in, when, in the early 2000s, you know, Deloitte Consulting was kind of mm -hmm shrinking you know because of the the y2k hangover you know they kind of had a sure. huge ramp up for y2k and all the dot-com craziness and then 2002 they were having trouble staffing people so i just i i ended up freelancing for a little bit and then starting my own firm and you know you know while i was doing that you know um you know i didn't really understand investments you know i i kind of had trouble um with a little bit of credit card debt, you know, I had trouble living as an army officer in Hawaii. Right. And so, you know, I paid off some credit cards and, you know, I finally had a little bit of, of money in my pocket. And um, I was like, you know, what do I do with this money? And, you know, stock market just, it never made sense to me. I felt like, um, you know, there's guys that are professionals and they know yeah. more than I do and they're valuating these stocks. And I, every time I would dabble, I would lose money. And so, right. um, you know, so then, you know, I started thinking about real estate um, and my, my father, uh, when I was growing up, he, he was kind of in the real estate industry where he, um, he sold used refrigerators and stoves to apartment buildings. Oh. And so, you know, summers I'd work for him a little bit and I'd see his, you know, his customers and, you know, they seemed like they, they did pretty well. And so I started reading about real estate and investing in real estate. And it just made sense a little bit to me because, you know, 
investing in a company, you know, their forecast for their sales future just seemed like, where are they getting that? You know, it's coming out of thin air, you know, yeah, right. <laughs> I sold, you know, I sold a million dollars this year, but next year I'm going to sell 5 million. And you're like, right. how do you know wow. that? You know, right. and, but real estate, you know, it's like this property is renting for, you know, this unit is renting for 700 bucks, but, um, you know, the comps say it could rent for 800 and, um, you know, you can kind of go through expenses and it just seemed like, you know, I had a lot more confidence in that. So, I also had this theory. I was I was working in um, in Torrance, California, um, and I was living in Huntington Beach. And I was driving through a city called Long Beach, which yeah. you know most people have heard about. Um, and Long Beach was you know pretty rough, you know. And you're yeah. like, you can go from in, in California, you can go from Santa Barbara down to San Diego, and there's this really one beachfront city that is not nice. Right. And so I kind of had a theory that uh, it would gentrify and do better, you know, because when I was a when I was a kid, um, actually Santa Monica and Venice were were kind of rough. Yeah. And, um, sure. you know, now they're very, very expensive. So I kind of had this theory that, that eventually Long Beach would turn. Um, it doesn't seem like it's quite there yet. You know, so 20 yeah. years later, it's uh, it's still a theory that uh, is not quite there. But um, anyways, I, I started looking at um, at some triplexes and I bought some and, and they did well. Um, that was in like 2003, I think I bought my first deal. And, you know, it was just really, you know, things were cheaper back then. And just, just with money in my pocket. And yeah. I started 1031ing and getting bigger and growing my portfolio. And, <clears throat> you know, eventually got to be, you know, pretty sizable portfolio. And I did some small partnerships with, you know, friends and family. And in the meantime, I I'd started my own, um, software consulting firm. And then in 2014, um, I sold my firm um, that I started with a partner and had a little bit more money in my pocket. And I, I didn't know exactly what to do with my life in general, because I was kind of sick of IT and I liked investing in real estate. And so just kind of networking with, with some people, they, they thought, you know, well, why don't you turn this into a business and raise money from outside investors and really grow your portfolio. And so at the time I also met my business partner, David, and he was working at a REIT as a general counsel and he was kind of ready to make a move. And so we, we started the company and, and started doing bigger deals, raising money. And it, it's kind of done really well since then. Nice. Just kind of blossom from there. Yeah. 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 So there's a lot, a lot, I mean, it, you know, it sounds good and all, but you know, I only like to talk about the good days. There's yeah, that's all I talk about. Times... <laughs> Nobody wants to hear the bad stuff. No, no, uh, no. It's just, it's just easy money. Easy money. Yeah, life's easy too. Um, <laughs> so, so uh, tell me about your properties and your your selection process and your due diligence on that. I mean, what what's that look like? Yeah, so it's it's also evolved a little bit. So when we first started the firm, you know, it was it was it was kind of crazy because you know I was invested in two thousand eight and two thousand nine, and you know at that point you're just trying to hold on to your deals. Yeah. And Southern California, but Southern California bounced back really quickly. It might have been the first thing back that I saw, right? Where it's like by by twenty ten, you're back to to you know the pre financial meltdown rents and values, and so by twenty. 13, you're like at 125% of 2007. So I was, you know, which just seems crazy, but I was starting to get nervous that things were peaking, right? Because <laughs> there was like five years of pretty good fast growth. And you just have this, this memory of just, you know, how tough, 
you know, leverage is a two uh, edge sword, right? And, right. you know, even though I, I put down payments down, you know, rents dropped and occupancy dropped, but, you know, expenses were still there. So, yeah, I was really just trying to hold on. And so, so with that fresh memory, I was like, okay, Long Beach looks expensive. And I just started like, where else can I put some money to work? And we found um, Las Vegas because Las Vegas was ground zero of the financial meltdown. Yeah. And there, sure. there was, you know, the, you know, to, even though 2014 was, you know, like four or five years later, right. You still had squatters in homes. You mm -hmm. still had real distress. And yeah. so you're still able to pick up properties at like 30 cents on the dollar. And so we, we picked up some, some big properties in Vegas, uh, very, very cheap, but it was deep turns. I mean, some of them, our worst property was 30% occupied Ooh. by residents. Yeah. Um, that means that there were, uh, you know, the other 70% of the units had squatters and, you know, feral cats yeah. and <laughs> other things. Um, and uh, who knows what else? But it was very, very cheap, you know. Laboratories. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was, it was gross. But uh, yeah. yeah, so so that that was our original strategy, was sort of late recovery markets in 2015 and 2016. And so we did a few deals in Vegas that were pretty rough, and we also in Tucson was Tucson didn't get hit as hard as Vegas, but it was just way slower to come out. I mean, just slow grow economy relative yeah. to Phoenix, which was already kind of growing well, quickly scott scottsdale got it pretty bad uh, i actually moved to tucson uh mm -hmm. did you in 2009 okay <laughs> south tucson i hope no <laughs> vale you, remember, <laughs> you know vale uh-huh uh, southeast tucson no we moved to yeah. Vale, which was at the time supposed to be the next up and coming and i should have known because of what happened so uh, you know, my my career ended in 2008 in Dallas, and uh, yeah. we basically I took a position in Tucson, and uh, the the home we bought was a a builder had gone in, and and you know since you know Tucson, there are a lot of a lot of neighborhoods that still have dirt roads, just depending That's on right, where you're, right? Yeah, and it doesn't mean they're bad homes. They can be million dollar homes, even you know some of them. Yeah, and so. We decided instead of just because everything that had been going on, that we would take the opportunity to purchase a house from a defunct builder, right? Mm -hmm. But I should have known, being it was the <laughs> last house in the cul-de-sac, and as you wrap uh -huh. up the cul-de-sac, there were no other homes but just lots that were plotted off. Uh -huh. And then went all the way up towards the mountains because, you know, Vail butts up yeah. the foothills. And, uh, and there was never another home built. <laughs> I was there ten years. I'm in I'm in West Palm Beach now, but we uh, were there ten years. Wow! Never another house built. Now, the house increased in value a little bit, obviously, mm -hmm. but uh, but everybody just gave up on on you know on building these. Uh, well, I don't know about Tucson. Yeah, yeah. I guess in a way, um, I got a lot of friends, people I still do business with in tucson and you know up in the foothills and in cat foothills places like that or the higher end areas they still are Vale is a kind of an older country town yeah you know but it's nice um but they're just like nah you know we're not gonna build any more uh four thousand square foot homes in the middle of nowhere you know yeah it's kind of weird it's a it's a, a real janky town but scott still got hit really bad 
Jeremy. Yeah, but it bounced back pretty it quickly did. too, you know. Yeah. Whereas Tucson was really just slow to recover from the market. And oh, it's an interesting town. I mean that's whole town know, slow. Yeah, it really is. I mean, you got you got the beautiful University of Arizona. That is beautiful. My sons all went there. Uh so yeah. Yeah. But you you kind of stepped ten feet outside of it and not that pretty of a city, you know. Nope. <laughs> I mean, nope. if you... and I know my friends are listening and they're gonna kill me. They know <laughs> it too, though. But they but see they're natives. So like if you're a native yeah. to Tucson, and if you're from Tucson, you call yourself a native because they hate Phoenix. Um it they don't care. That's just the way it is, you know. It's 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 pretty eclectic, you know. Like yeah. you look at some of these houses, and there's like there's no lawn, right? You no, know, it's just like no grass. It's, it's not even nice. It's not even nice rocks. It's just rocks with Hot like rocks. wild wild cactuses, and you think that it's just run down, but then it's expensive. I mean, people it's are just expensive. sort of eclectic like that there. There, um, there's nowhere. Yeah, there's nowhere in Tucson, even if, and I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not picking on any areas, but yeah, you know. There's some areas, and I'm like, wow, I can't believe they they paid three hundred thousand. Yeah, they're keeping you, and you're like, there's a, you know, or whatever. There's, a whole, there's a Whole Foods right here, but this yeah. house looks like it's a teardown. Right, it's just, it's just eclectic. So and it, I know it takes a while to get used to. It. In fact, yeah, we never got used to it. <laughs> no, I, I couldn't get used to it, and I counted the days. I just swore when we moved from Dallas and uprooted the family that my four sons would all go to the same high school, graduate. Yeah. Now I do have a son at the U at the University of Miami, and mm -hmm. uh, I just decided college. I didn't care, but dang it, we weren't going to move again. And the day my son graduated and left for the U, uh, he's getting his PhD now, so we've already gone through four years. I mean, it's been uh -huh. six years. Um, I I was out. I was gone. <laughs> we sold everything. Like uh -huh. we didn't bring anything with us. Yeah. That's how bad I wanted to get out of Tucson. <laughs> but I. You know, there are things I miss, but man, living by the ocean now in Florida, yeah, what people yeah, think I, of Florida, man, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 like that, and you know, it's kind of you know, we were very much into just really low price per pound when we started. Yeah, you know? and you yeah. get tired of that for after a bit because it comes with you the know, everything's hard, right? It's harder. Yeah. You know, we self manage, so it's. You know, the best talent don't want to work in the worst property, you know, <laughs> they want to work in the nicer property. So you, get, you, get, you know, so it's tougher recruiting people. Your yeah. tenants are tougher. And, you know, we just found that, you know, it's just hard to really hit your performance because, yeah. you know, at every, you know, the, the residents, when they leave, they, they, they really damage the place. And so it's really hard to, to yeah. really model making a profit when you have to spend, you know, $3,000 on every turn. Right. And so, you know, we decided that, you know, we're, we're going to try and get places that, you know, we feel a little bit more confident in and, and move up a scale a little bit. And so, so, you know, after we, we made money and all of that sort of property, and then we sort of just pivoted a little bit more to traditional value add, looking more for B products and, yeah. you know, primary markets, are you know just all within a direct flight of southern california of orange yeah. county you know so you know we're salt lake city and vegas yeah. and phoenix and you know um you know we've we've done a deal in dallas actually a couple of deals in dallas um and then now we, we've last couple of years we've been doing more in the pacific northwest and portland and spokane and you know but 
really the way we pick our markets is not like, you know, we love this market. It's going to grow yeah. and explode. It's, we feel all these markets are pretty good. Um, we're going to limit ourselves to one time zone and a direct flight of Orange County because that's, it's, yeah. it's just too hard. hard to spend, you know, to do a deal, you know, you hear Nashville is amazing and Florida is amazing and North Carolina is amazing and, and yeah. they are, but we just, you know, spend a day getting there and a day getting back. It just, yeah. it's just too hard for us. Why stretch yourself? Right. I mean, it's, yeah, there's that's plenty the way we of properties. Yeah. Yeah. We're pretty hands-on, you know, like David and I, we're, we're each, you know, spend two days a week traveling. Yeah. Um, and that's two days a week on site. And so, you know, there's enough opportunity in the West, we feel like to where, yeah. you know, For we don't sure. need to go any further. For sure. So uh, um, accredited investors only, or uh, is it open? Go ahead. No, it's, 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 you know, we're, we do the, the, uh, was it C 506 C right. where right. it's, yeah. you know, pretty much uh sometimes we'll do a smaller deal and we'll do a b where we'll can, we can let in a few yeah um it, it really depends so so when david and i started the, the company you know neither of us really came from money and neither of us really came from a sales background right and so you know we really struggled to 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 grow our investor base um didn't even know how to get started you know and and so we do work with um, like third parties that do fundraising for us sometimes, you know, and, and then, you know, people can invest through their screening criteria if they want to invest with us. And then, you know, sometimes we'll have some, some co-GPs for friends and family. And, and, and a lot of times that doesn't need to be accredited investors, but that's really limited yeah. to people we know. Um, but, you know, it's, you know, the business really requires everyone to be accredited. Yeah, um, it saves point. a lot of steps. It saves a yeah, lot. Of yeah, it definitely yeah. Definitely, yeah, yeah. A grief too. That's right, point. and you know, it's it's probably appropriate, anyways. You know, it's yeah. it's you know these deals, you know, have been phenomenal, right? But you know, the whole market's been phenomenal, and at some point, yeah. the market's going to turn. And you know, I'd rather have people that you know they're investing a they amount that they're comfortable with and yeah. they understand if we need to hold, they don't need access to that money. And if we need to hold on to it, maybe longer than we projected, they're okay with that because they don't need that money today. Right. So, you know, I don't, I don't really want the responsibility of taking somebody's entire net worth or anything like that. No, I've been that road myself and I'm no longer in that arena, but it's, it's a rough feeling when things go sour. So yeah. Yeah. If you were with Bear Stearns, uh, yeah, well, you know, tough days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're not around anymore. Uh, so, but, uh, so let's talk about how do you, you know, well, you, you touched on a little bit, you know, how you find your investors. Is there, is there a bigger marketing plan? You know, things have changed so much, um, since I did anything like that. And I, I, I talked to other people that, that are in your industry and it's just changed so much on how you find clients and, and how you can reach out to clients. So what, what besides a, a few of the houses that may help you, you know, and bring clients to you, what's your outreach program? It's, you know, that's also something that David and I decided, you know, we're, there's people that have grown much faster than us. Mm -hmm. um, we almost, it's, we started with when we were doing um, this, the deals with our, our, co-GP we started with like four or five guys we knew that threw money into the co-GP and it's grown word of mouth from there and wow. so we don't really do any proactive uh, marketing you know and the, the reality is is that we're not trying to grow exponentially you know we'd rather grow a little bit slower and just make sure all our deals are successes 
And right. so sometimes people will approach us, be like, you know, hey, can you include me on them? What do you, what do you, we've, I've got this money to invest, you know, where you have something I can put in with. And a lot of times it's no, you know, we, we, wow. we do like maybe five or six deals most a year. I mean, maybe it's usually probably like, and that, that's on a good year. And I imagine next year is going to be slow. Um, so, yeah. so yeah, we, we really, we're not always fundraising. We, we really kind of just do a deal we like, we'll fundraise for it. And, um, so, and, and most of the times it, it feels, you know, we're confident that our network that we've, it kind of keeps getting a little bit bigger, but right now we feel like our network, we can raise, you know, six to $7 million for a good deal. Okay. You know, two years ago it was three. Um, right. And so, uh, you know, we'll, we'll do that maybe two or three times next year. Um, and, and if that's enough to get the deal done, then we'll just do it that way. And if it's if yeah. it's not enough, then we kind of work with third-party fundraisers to fill the gap. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you know, let's just say I came into town and we decided, you know, we'll go have a, a drink, have lunch, have mm -hmm. dinner, whatever. And we're just talking, you know, and I said, Hey, I got a magic wand, Jordan, you know, and I can fix any one issue you guys are having right now. What what might that be? You know, what's the what's the biggest hurdles you're you're encountering now? So I I mean We've got, it's, it's people, <laughs> you know, we, we've got like 65 Always employees or so. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, the execution of your business plan yeah. really relies on your people. And so that's, that's another, you know, thing that we've learned is that, you know, a lot of times you see like a broker's pro forma or something where they're like payroll is like, 1200 a, a unit i've seen 800 right. a unit in payroll i mean you know what that extra we're running like 2000 a door in payroll because oh, wow. that's what it needs and yeah. you know you shortchange people i feel like you shortchange the operation of the property um you know your your manager who makes maybe 60 grand a year 70 grand a year she could be controlling a 30 50 right. 60 million dollar asset right right and and respond and, and of that asset, that's like twenty thirty million dollars of equity. And sure. so we need to make sure that we get the best people, and then we really have to give them the tools to do their job, whether it's marketing, whether it's you know capex, and you know really do the best for our residents because you know we're pushing rents, and so we got to give them a better product. Right. Um, and so you know we're really really focused on on executing. Uh, making sure that we we when we do a projection that it's it's fully loaded for doing the right things for the residents and the property and then and then executing on that and it, right. it's really hard you know when you yes. when you're loading up on expenses it's really hard to find a deal that right. that fits the you know these are real rents that I really believe we're going to hit these are the real expenses we really think we're going to incur and this is the real exit cap rate and sales price that we think, you know, and you're putting all that reality in there. It's hard. It, it diminishes. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 what, what would you call it? The, the scope of properties diminishes quickly, right? It and does. So it does, you know, and, and, you know, everybody I know in the industry feels like they're conservative and we don't look, we're, we're in the business to do deals. So, right. you know, I'm not saying that, uh, you know, you can always poo-poo a deal out, but we really do try and be realistic and say, like, this is how it's going to perform and we're going to be able to hit our performance. And so, you know, that's that's kind of where we're at right now is really focusing on our asset management and property management since we do both of that and uh, and executing what we promise to our investors. 
Do you have uh, boots on the ground looking for properties? I mean, do you use local realtors in those markets like SLC, Phoenix, you know, that flight, you know, that that area that you're talking about? Or how are you finding the properties? Yeah, so basically I tried to create the reputation of, you know, if I put together a PSA, I'm going to perform. Right. And so, you know, we don't we don't try to retrade unless there's a very, very good reason of some undiscovered problem with the property. And, you know, if we're going to put it under contract, we're going to we're going to deliver as as we promised. And and so we network with the brokers because the brokers are calling people every day. And, you know, we, most of our deals are not, you know, a call for offers broadly marketed. Right. It doesn't mean they're they're just calling me. Right. These brokers, they're there's you know, they talk to a seller and they're like, OK, well, maybe I'd entertain an offer at, at X price. Right. And so, so they call me and maybe three or four other guys and say, can you get to the seller's price or anywhere near the seller's price? And so we underwrite it. And I'm, since I'm out in the markets on asset management, then I'll go by and I'll tour it. And, you know, nine times out of 10, I'm nowhere near the seller's price or no. more like 99 times out of a hundred, you know, right. they're not motivated, right. If they're motivated, they'd list. Right. So, right. Um, but occasionally, you know, they, I see something in a property that the other people don't see and with limited competition, um, it, it doesn't necessarily get you an amazing price, but it gives me the time to where I model it. I start socializing with my investors and I feel confident in execution. Um, whereas, you know, a lot of times when it's, a lot of times when they're broadly marketed and it's called for office, I mean, this kind of ended like nine months ago or six months ago, but you know, you have to go like non-refundable very, very quickly. Right. And, you know, I didn't have the confidence uh, unless I, it was a no brainer that, but you know, I don't want to spend a lot of time wasting my time, wasting my investors' times because to say I'm going to buy it at X price when right. a guy can come in at X plus 5 million, you know? And yeah. so right. I didn't waste a lot of time doing those kinds of things. Yeah. I don't, I don't blame you at all. Uh, it, so if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, uh, Jordan, how would they do so? If they either uh, were looking to invest, which I know you're, you're kind of, you know, there's only certain times you're going to have that issue, or maybe, uh, you know, maybe there's a broker out there that's got a property in those areas you're looking at. How would somebody get in touch with you? Yeah, easiest of my email is just jordan at nwi for Next Wave Investors Multi. So nwimulti.com. You know, our, our website is nextwaveinvestors.com. Uh, those are probably the easiest ways to get in touch with me. Um, gotcha. You know, and I, I like talking. I like eating, too. So if you're ever in town. Um, yeah, I like eating. Food. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Hey, I'm in. I'm coming right now then. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, you know, here we are at the kind of winding down the, the half hour. Uh, you know, tell me, give me some uh, last thoughts on the way out here. Uh, you know, whatever's on your mind, you know, your soul, whatever you feel like you want to kind of have some some parting words. What do you got for us? You know, I, I would say to anybody, you know, this, this you know, sounds like I, I'm sort of shit talking my competition, but I would say anybody thinking about uh, investing right now, you know, really, really look at the deck that your, your sponsor's putting out because, you know, I've seen some decks right now where, you know, they've got high leverage, you know, debt, which is, you know, it's like 8% right now. Yeah. And then that's followed by preferred equity, which is like 12 to 15%. And so your common equity that they're, they're raising money for, I mean, it is a high, high, high risk, yeah. um, you know, sort of placement. And, you know, I don't think a lot of people understand the risks they're taking when they invest in those kinds of deals. I think a lot of people just might see like, Hey, it's a 20% IRR. Yeah. 
And so, you know, like to me, a lot of you know, sizzle, a lot of sizzle. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's tough to get a deal done right now, you know, because the banks are offering, the banks and agencies are offering low leverage, but the the bridge debt out there is so expensive, and so you, you yeah. got a choice of either, you know, way negative equity or negative uh, leverage, right? Where you, yeah. you know you're buying a four and a half cap, but you're borrowing at eight percent, right. or you're buying something with very low leverage and a ton of equity. And so, you know, I, it just blows my mind that, uh, uh, you know, at some of these deals and how they're getting done and how they're capitalized. And I just, I just wonder, you know, are people cognizant of, of the risks that their sponsors are taking? No, <laughs> they're not. Yeah. I don't think they are. I mean, they just trust the sponsor, but they trust the you sponsor, know. they trust the sizzle and they, <laughs> they, they, uh, they don't realize where they fall in line on, on when, when, and if deals go bad. You that's know? right. That's right. They so. really don't, really don't. Jordan, it's been a pleasure, man. It's good stuff. Uh, enjoy. And thank you for your service as well. I want to say that I just didn't want to interrupt er, uh, earlier. Um, you know, appreciate you being on the show. Definitely want to keep in touch next three, six, nine months, see how things are going. Um, and, and have a great week, man. Absolutely. It's a lot of fun talking to you, Tim. And uh, thanks for having me on the show.